If you are with us this morning, you are smack dab in the middle of a series that we are uh, doing a mini-series as a part of a year-long series. This year our theme is Freedom in Christ, and we are celebrating uh, the year of the Lord's favor, since it is the 75th anniversary of the family at Northside here in Wichita. Uh, We thought we'd take 2014 as a time to do what the Israelites did once every 50 years in their jubilee, when they would sort of hit the reset button and they would do uh, everything a little differently. They would stop harvesting, they would uh, cancel debts, return property, all for the sake of understanding where it all came from. As we continue through that series, we are right now in the middle of the series called Free and Clear. And this is God's roadmap to debt-free living. Our elders have, have graciously agreed that we should, as a congregation, as a family, be a people who are set free, certainly spiritually, for being forgiven of sins, but also from many things that sort of tie us down. And so the first week I preached on the subject of being weird. And that is the idea that you, if you want to think <clears throat> different, if you want to do things differently, you have to begin thinking differently. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 uh, says that we cannot conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then last week, Steve talked to you and sort of took you back in time, just a generation ago, and told you about how it used to be, how we came to where we are today, and how it hasn't always been like it is today. Today, we are at milepost number two in this journey, where we want to encourage you to <clears throat> live free. And uh, our theme, kind of in that context, has been Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, which says very simply that the rich rule over the poor, that the borrower is slave to the lender. There are many things in uh, becoming a parent that you can never quite prepare for. I still remember nine years ago <clears throat> that feeling when we were at the hospital and we had this newborn and all of a sudden, you know, people stopped coming and, and, and it, they stopped visiting and it was time to leave the hospital. And the doctors and the nurses, they weren't going with us and it kind of felt wrong. What are we supposed to do next? There's no manual. And uh, there's a lot of things that you don't get prepared for. You don't get prepared for uh, losing all that sleep in the first few months the new, new one is around. You aren't prepared for what to do when they're sick. And you know they're sick and you want to make it better, but you can't. You aren't prepared with how to deal with issues of discipline. Certainly after you get more than one child, you learn that they're different. They have different personalities, different strengths and gifts. And uh, what works with one child will not work with another. But in my estimation, the most difficult thing that I was never prepared for was the extortion scheme that goes on in America today. Uh, It is an actual scheme. There is a legal business that runs a front operation here in this country. (laughs) Now, if you're a parent in here, you're like, oh, brother, testify, testify. Now, children, they love this place. But... If you're sitting in here and you're saying, man, you, you're kind of cold-hearted, dude. What's your problem with Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> That's very well-spoken. Sounds like someone who has no children. <laughs> you know when you go into Chuck E. Cheese, from the moment that you step in there, that you are getting ripped off. The food is horrible. I mean, you know the extra greasy pizza and the warmed-over salad. It's going to be a battle on your lower intestinal tract sometime later in the day. Things are not going to end well. You think, well, maybe I've got some entertainment. Yes, you have six-foot animatronic 
Mouse and his friends doing bad lip dubs to 90s songs. Now, the entertainment's not good either. So left without the food and left without the entertainment, you only have one option at Chuck E. Cheese. The option that, of course, all the children love, and it is what? The games. And so you take out your hard-earned money trying to be a good father or mother, and you put that money in, and you get a, a handful of little tokens. Actually, I have one in my pocket. And they just, are, they just mock you from the moment you get the tokens, because on the back they print in large letters, no cash value. Chuck E. Cheese's way of saying, sucker. <laughs> you get this handful of to- tokens and you give them to your children and they are just full of joy. But you realize they're getting ripped off because all the games are super expensive. They take four, six, or eight tokens. Now, that would be bad enough, except that they do something even worse than that. And that is, occasionally they'll give these kids, in exchange for these worthless tokens, tickets. And the tickets, man, they just feel like, ah, I'm I'm making some traction here at Chuck E. Cheese. I might actually get my money back. (laughs) No, 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 no. You see, you might get like a thousand tickets at Chuck E. Cheese. But when you go up to redeem them, you realize that like 2,000 tickets will get you a half-used Q-tip. I mean, it's there's no value there. And as you look at your children who just lovingly just eat this up, you think, oh, Oh, my children, if only I could teach you better ways. If only I could keep you from losing everything. Don't, guys, if you want to understand, if I can just warn you here, if you need any other proof that Chuck E. Cheese is a trap, just think about their mascot. It's a giant mouse. You seriously can't leave Chuck E. Cheese without the prior authorization of a greasy-faced 14-year-old. They check you out as you're going out. It's a trap. Well, I use that analogy because as we grow up and become adults, we learn that Chuck E. Cheese is the place of all evil in the modern world. But that's for children, and we grow out of that. But as adults, we play some other rigged games. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You see, when you borrow money, you are playing a rigged game. And Proverbs 22, verse 7, which you filled in on your outline, told us that the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, very simply, when you choose to borrow money or sign up for a credit card, you are choosing to serve money. You are are making money your master. A creditor is nothing more than a legal master. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No man can have two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or despise the one and be devoted to the other, you cannot serve both God and money. Now, some people get that mixed up, and they think that it says you cannot have both God and money. Not what Jesus said. There's a big difference there. You see, people have a relationship with their money. Money is either your master or it is your servant. And someone once said, I don't know who, but it was beautiful. Money can be a terrible tyrant. It actually can be quite wonderful of a servant. And the problem is that most people get those relationships confused. They serve their money instead of their money serving them. And it's easy to get the master and servant relationship mixed up. They ask you, do you have your money? Does your money have you? It's easy to get the two mixed up. Some might say it's as easy as pie. All right, try it again. 
You see, there's a problem with credit. First is the problem that we call it credit. Sounds like a good thing, right? When you have credit, you are being a credit, but you're being a credit to your lender. When you take out a credit card, when you put that furniture on payments for three years, when you do 90 days, same as cash, what you're doing is taking on a master. And it's worse than being a rigged game. It's, it's absolutely goes past having a master-servant relationship. Credit locks up your ability to bless others. Psalm chapter 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In that video, that's quoted as saying, Dude, he brought the pie. And we are so guilt-ridden and shamed because we have done like in the video. We've given all our pie away and we selfishly have nothing left to give. But I love this video because in particular it predicts God not as angry or disappointed or ready to bring down uh, judgment on you. He's just waiting for you to grow. He's just ready for you to grow up. You see, credit or debt is really nothing more than a tool to make you a slave. And when you step into that relationship with the lender, it begins to change things in your life. Now, that's difficult because in in a crowd like this, I basically have five types of people. 
The first is the people who are, man, they are just absolutely debt-free. They are living out financial peace. They are blessing others. They're blessing the kingdom. They're giving God his portion of the pie. He's blessing them with more pie. And they're saying, yeah, amen, right on. But the other four people, they're in slavery. And they're four different levels. And I need to illustrate this this morning. So Tyler, come on up here, buddy. Tyler's going to represent our first level of slavery. You stand right up here on that first step. Come all the way over here. Look, smile at them. They love you. Now, level number one of debt is just this first level. He's going to go to college, and there's going to be a table, and somebody from Visa or MasterCard is going to have a little free T-shirt or maybe a free pizza. And he's going to say, Tyler... You need, you need to be my slave. No, he's not going to say that. He's going to say, you need to build your credit. So Tyler's going to sign up for one, go merrily on his way, while he's building up all his student loans. The second level is what I'm going to call the young college student. Adam, come on up here. Young college student or young married. And he's grown up a little bit. Step on up there. He's grown up a lot. But, you know, he's still got that credit card from college. Put your hand right in there. And uh, in the meantime, he got a a beautiful new wife, and he borrowed on her money to uh, get her her beautiful shiny rock. And they got an apartment, and they couldn't have any furniture, so they decided that they wanted to borrow and get that. And, of course, all the time, those lenders were right there, willing, ready, able To make them slaves. And uh, the chains are a little bigger, but they're not quite yet uncomfortable. Are those uncomfortable for you guys? Not at all, right? Just move around. You like them? You know, you're pretty financially savvy, you know. You're using other people's money. I I bet you're going to have a great FICO score when you get done. Boy, let me tell you, it's going to be great. Now, those are the first two levels. These are what I call comfortable Slaves. These are the hard people to convince. A wonderful quote I have from Harriet Tubman, if you have it on your handout. She said, I I freed a thousand slaves, and I could have freed a thousand more if they only knew they were slaves. Then we get into DEFCON 4 and 5. Then we get to Adam's level. Come on up. Adam number 2. Now, he likes staying in all that debt, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. He's got a couple extra car payments, and he is just completely locked up in all of that. I want you to put this around your backside here. Okay, or let me do it. That's <laughs> Okay? And now... Adam, he's got two car payments. He's still paying off those student loans. He's working to pay off that credit. And boy, he is just locked up. Now, he's doing okay with it, but you best better hope that nothing bad happens. Because the master, the master, when they don't get paid, they get pretty angry. 
So he's chained and he's in there pretty good. He's not going to take that off as easily. And uh, he's barely making payments. He says her source has nothing to give. And then he gets to uh, Grant's level. And Grant, we're going to wrap this around you once. You know, that doesn't look good enough. Let's just do this. Let's wrap it around again. He is at DEFCON level 5. House is being repossessed. Cars are being repossessed. People are garnishing their wages. And he can't do anything about it. He is scared out of his mind. Marriage hanging on by a thread. Now some of you say, Toby, I don't know how you handle all those kids in your youth group. You see, these guys are ready to get out. Guys, would you take off your chains for me? Because they've been beaten and bruised and collectors are calling. And they want out. They're signing up for financial peace. They're cutting up the cards. They're getting out. And you can have a seat now. But these comfortable slaves. Hey, guys, would you take off your chains? You like your chains? That's ridiculous. Come on, Tyler, man, come on. That's ridiculous. You don't have to wear that anymore. Are you sure you want to keep it on? Okay. Well, I guess you're pretty smart financially. Or you're really comfortable slaves. That's who I've got to talk to this morning. Have a seat, guys. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. You can sit down. Yeah, keep your chains on, absolutely. <laughs> you said you wanted them. You see, credit is a tool that locks up your ability to give. It's a tool to make you a slave and the world tells you, man, you've got to have a credit card. You've got to have a FICO score. You've got to be able to do it to matter at all as a human being. And God says, no, you don't. I don't want you to be a slave. I set you free eternally. Don't go putting on extra chains. It's one of the most challenging things I have to do in the sermon. Because I've got to speak to level one and level two. You've had that dead around so long, you think it's a member of the family. You're scared to think what you might not have a, a credit card to, to help you in an emergency. This was funny. I, uh, I got a, this is a God thing. I got in the mail a credit card offer from American Excess. I mean, I'm sorry, American Express. Now, American Express, boy, they are absolutely cagey about this deal. So I did a little research. I went on the website, looked at the card they offered me. They said, no, 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 hold on a second. It's not a credit card. It's a charge card. Okay. And you have to pay it off every month. Now, notice they use that word, have to. You see, I think everybody goes and you get a credit card saying, well, I just got to pay it off. That's all I got to do. I just got to pay it off. The problem is not that you want to pay it off. What happens when tomorrow morning, I talked to a guy just this morning. He said, I may get laid off tomorrow. What happens then? American Express going to be pretty understanding? No. <laughs> what happens when you get in a car wreck and you're laid up for three months? American Express going to be pretty understanding? Mm -mm. No, you see, the borrower is slave to the lender. They won't even tell you on their website what they'll do if you can't pay it off. So I Googled it. You know the horror stories that you hear from people at American Express when they couldn't pay off their debt? 
Now think about it. You are at the lowest point you've ever been. You've got an injury, been laid off, had something terrible happen, and here you've got these guys, and they still don't want their money. They're going to start charging you 3% per month. I add that right. I think that's 36% a year in addition to late fees. Oh, yeah. As long as you pay it off, you'll be just fine. You go ahead and sign it up. It'll be easy. You see, the truth is you don't need credit cards to do anything that they tell you you have to. You can rent a car, stay at a hotel. You can, uh, you can buy big purchases. You can even get a mortgage. I can tell you that because I've done it all without a credit card. You get what a de- what's called a debit card. And that means simply you just aren't able to spend anything that you don't have. Now, I, I tell you this to make you mad. Mainly because I want to convince you to drop your chains. That's what I've got to get you to do. That's where I want you to be. So the best way, if you have a credit card, the best way to handle it is simply to cut them up. Quickly. Now. Today. For fear of using too many object lessons, I did not bring a shredder up here. But I wanted to. I wanted to call you down and say, if you're ready, do it today. And you say, I already see it. All the, all the excuses in your mind. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. I mean, I'll never get my credit card. I'll never get my FICO score. I'll never be able to borrow any more money. What's going to happen if I lose credit card? Ah! Slave, look at me. God wants you to be free. It's for freedom that he set you free. Don't yet be again enslaved with a yoke of slavery. So if you are in trouble, some of you are sitting here and you're in, you're in deep. I mean, you're at, you're at level five, right? Cutting up the cards is only half your problem. First thing you need to do is get a plan. You need to come up, and this is a four-letter acronym, if you're in real trouble or if you're in easy trouble. First thing you need to do is you need to pray. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Hopefully you know the story of the Jonah. The prophet of God who tried to... Run from God. Some of you are in so much debt and you're running from God because you think he's angry at you, upset at you, ticked off at you, and that's not true. He wants you out. He wants you free. He's ready. Now from inside the fish, chapter 2 verse 1 says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed. Can you think of a worse place to be inside a smelly, stinky fish, the bottom of, of wherever this fish was swimming around? Disgusting, right? Some of you are at the bottom, inside the fish. You need to call out to the Lord and say, God, I'm in slavery and I'm tired of being enslaved. Second, you need to get to work. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, we're going to look at that in just a second. But the verse following, chapter 6, he said, or verse 6, he says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. If you're ready to get out of debt, then besides cutting up the cards, you got to take a second job. You got to take overtime. You got to mow some lawns. You got to wash some dishes. You got to watch some kids. You got to babysit. You got to clean houses. You got to do anything that you can. You got to get to work because you want to be free. And that's the third part of this plan is you got to attack it. You got to get serious about it. You can't mess around with debt. You got to be serious about wanting to be free. And finally, you got to never give up. Once you get out of debt, once you pay off your debts, once you get out and free, you can say, thank God, free at last. But you have to have eternal diligence to keep your freedom. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 says, My son, if you have 
taken a note or if you have signed a surety for someone, do this. Free yourself from the hand of the hunter, like the gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like the bird from the hand of the fowler. Verse 6, as we already said, consider the ant. Go and be like him. And you got to get to work. Now, why does a gazelle run? A gazelle runs not as a hobby. I know some of you in here are runners. And that is just a, that is just a, it's like a mental health thing, man. That's, I, that is not right. Who does that? Who, who runs for fun? I'm running when I'm being chased by somebody or a dog. I, I don't get up and say, hey, man, I, I think I'd like to run. You can probably tell I'm not a runner. A gazelle runs for one reason, and that is to live. He doesn't want to become, he doesn't want to become lunch for the cheetah. He runs like his life depends on it, because it does. If you're monkeying around with debt and you're in chains, whatever level you're in chains, you need to get out of them, and you need to run like your life depends on it, because it does. Every day, credit card companies, lenders are looking for someone. They're looking for new prey. And these days, it's not just Visa and MasterCard and Discover. It is everybody. I mean, you can borrow money from anyone, any store. You can put anything on credit. In my lifetime, I have borrowed on carpet. I have borrowed on appliances. I borrowed on my children. Technically, that's true. Uh, I've borrowed on all sorts of things because it was easy to do. And I started getting myself locked up and the gazelle says, no, I'm getting out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. I am done with this. And not today, cheetah. I'm done. And that's how you got to get. You got to get what Dave Ramsey says, gazelle intense. Because the cheetah will not win with you. He will not win with a gazelle who's ready to run. But I fear there are too many of God's people who are just, just sort of galloping along, trying to be friends with the cheetah. Try to improve their cheetah score. Try to improve their slavery score. It's not going to work that way. Well, there are three steps you can take this morning. Each sermon, I'm kind of ending with some action steps. You're saying, well, I feel bad. Toby's made me feel like a miserable human being. So now what? Good. First thing you got to do, number one, cut up those cards. I mean, do it now, today. Stop messing around. You say, I'm going to wait till God gives me a sign. Consider this your sign. Get out. Stop it. God's kingdom would be unleashed. God's people would be unhurled if they could only get free. So cut up the cards today. Every single one of them. Have a little party if you want to. I don't care. Do it in the silence and cry. I don't care. But cut up the cards. Number two, you know I'm going to say it. Sign up for financial peace. And some of you say, well, this is level one, level two. Level one, level two say, mm, you know, I, I got a little debt, Toby. I got a little car payment, but it's no big deal. I can handle it. I am fine. Get off me. Steve, come back. I need you to get serious about it. And yes, you can do it on your own. I could also lose 50 pounds on my own. I'm not. 
But I could. I could do it a lot faster if I had an accountability partner. I could do it a lot faster if I had somebody with me. If I had a group or a program or some information, some inspiration. We need motivation all the time. Even if you're doing good with your, your money, maybe you've fallen off track a little bit, come on back. Come home. Come home and be free. Set yourself free like the gazelle. And finally, if you are out of debt and you're living free and you've got financial peace, last week I asked you to sign up and, and maybe give a scholarship to somebody who wants to go financial. Thank you to those who did. Now I want you to encourage, pray for, and mentor. Encourage, pray for, and mentor. If you're out of debt, if you're living these principles, you can help people who aren't. You can help people who have been freed from slave slavery and call back to them. Guys, God freed Israel and Egypt in a matter of just days. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. We need some more people to encourage, to pray, to pray, to say, I've been there and I want to be free. So I want to do that with you this morning before we finish. I've asked two guys to come up and they are going to share with you their story about how they went through financial peace and what they got up, got out of it, and how it helped them and blessed their lives. Uh, first up will be Josh Herman. He's going to come up and speak to us. And guys, at the back, you need to turn this mic on, please. What got, what got us into debt was being normal. Uh, when Cara and I got married, I was still in college, and financially we did all the normal things. Uh, signed up for a credit card, got my free t-shirt, uh, proceeded to use it. Uh, we took on a car payment that was probably more than we could afford. Uh, when I graduated, we bought our first house and creatively financed our furniture because we were going to pay it off in 90 days. As you can imagine, all of that um, normal proceedings landed us into a position where we had accumulated a lot of debt. Don't worry, though. I was convinced that I wasn't serving two masters. We had control over the situation. We made our payments on time and every month. And besides, isn't this how everyone else was doing it, too? That was the delusion I was under. And that delusion lasted for nine years. After graduation, that's how long it took for me to, to realize that I was blind. You see, that balance, when you get into debt, that balance has this magical force field around it. And no matter how much money you send out the door every month, that, that balance never seems to change. After nine years of paying on it, that balance had very minusculely changed. And then we took financial peace. And, you know, through the Bible study format and through Scripture, it helped us to reveal how blind I actually was. It also helped to give us a plan of action, a plan that put us back on track and, and got us more in line with where God wanted us to be. It helped us to reset our focus back on things with eternal value. And FPU was a, it kind of appears to be this program to help get you out of debt, which it is one of the first steps. And like I said, it worked for us. And, and in fact, it achieved that goal in nine months, something I couldn't achieve on my own in nine years. It did in nine months. Uh, but it's, it's much more than, than that in terms of helping you get the right perspective. Uh, it helped to give us a better understanding of the abundant life that God desires us to have. Uh, it also helped us to prepare. Uh, it helped us to prepare, prepare financially to have one master, which is God. And and when you get that down pat, blessings abound. Uh, your money and finances become a tool uh, to help you experience the blessings uh, through serving others. And that was something that we had never experienced before. Uh, money, the money itself, is not a blessing for yourself. 
And you'll be free to experience God in a way that previously wasn't even possible. He's at work all around you, and when you no longer are a slave to money, you'll be able to see him more clearly and be able to join him more often. I'll end with this quick story. Uh, when I was a young kid, I was in scouts for a little while, and, and as a new scout, one of the first trips I was on was this backpacking trip through the mountains. I was super excited. It was going to be awesome. Well, by about mid-afternoon on the first day, I, w- I was dying. I was gasping with breath and, and sweating profusely, and I was looking around, and everyone else was all smiles and happy, and I, I didn't understand what was going on. And finally, one of the older kids said, hey, check your pack. I was like, what? Check my pack? So at one of our breaks, I sat down and started checking my pack, and I started unloading all these rocks, these big, huge boulders in some cases. And I was like, what is going on? Well, I'd learned that there's a tradition that the older guys kind of picked on the younger guys by hiding rocks in their pack and making them carry it around all day. So I was hiking through the mountains, gasping for air, because I was carrying about 40 pounds of extra weight, and I didn't even know it. So needless to say, after I unloaded all those rocks, Uh, the journey and the rest of the trip was much different and improved. And so this morning, I guess I'd encourage you all to do the same thing. Maybe you don't even know it, but you need to check your pack, and you'll probably find some dead weight there preventing you to experience God to the fullest. Well, I've spent the last couple of days writing down notes on what I wanted to say, but uh, Toby's sermon and then Josh, they pretty much just, just said what I was going to say. Um, I've been there, but I've done that, had the t-shirt, the whole bit. Um, I make airplane parts for a living, so I work with engineering drawings every day. And I know what the difference is between ten thousandths of an inch and a hundred thousandths of an inch. I know what the difference is between <clears throat> and what the difference will make on a formed part by one or two degrees. It could be the difference between a good part and a bad part. But what I don't know and what I'm not comfortable with is finance. I don't know. I mean, I do know now I'm more comfortable with it. But the numbers that goes along with credit cards, interest, um, interest on home mortgages, interest rates, variable rates, fixed rates, blah, blah, blah. It just, just gives me a headache to even think of stuff like that. Now, I came across Dave Ramsey and his, uh, his system, Financial Peace, and he also has a book called The Total Money Makeover. The debt I had back when my kids were younger is nothing compared to what Lori and I have today. But because of diligence and patience and overtime, Missing church because of overtime. As of August the 15th of this last year, I'm able to stand up here and tell you that we are debt free. We still have a little bit of a mortgage, but consumer loans and all that stuff, it is gone. And one of the things that was really holding us back was this little loan called Sally Mae. It's cheap money, the government will tell you. Put your kids through college on it. Well, we did. And I took as much of that cheap money as I could get. 
And I had to pay it off one day. Well, on, like I said, on August the 14th, we did that. And a month later, I get, a, I get this little letter from Sally May, and it says, Congratulations, you have completely paid off the student loans listed below. You're welcome to visit us online anytime. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's going to happen. I even took the check that I wrote, and I photocopied it and put it on this, and I framed it. And it's, in my, it's on my desk so that I see this every day to remind me of the chains that we once had. Financial peace isn't just a saying. It can be done. It made our marriage stronger. It made our marriage better. And it is awesome. Thank you. Anyone who has been through financial peace has a story, much like Josh and Terry's. I'm about to tell you my own. When we decided that we wanted to get out of debt, we just started drinking the Kool-Aid. We sold so much, I think Tyler thought he was next. (laughs) We sold the house, paid off the car. Uh, I, I went and took a job. Now, you may not know this, but ministers don't get a bonus with every baptism. So I get paid... Same week in, week out. And I knew I had to make some traction. So I went and delivered pizzas. For nine months, I would leave this office at 4.30. I would go home. I would eat very quick dinner. I would put on this shirt. And I would put on my little hat and my name tag. And I would get in that 1990 Honda Accord. And I would drive. And I would... <laughs> you know how humbling it is? I mean, I work with teenagers all the time. Boy, do I love them. But there's a difference when you have a 17-year-old who's managing you. It was a very humbling thing. And I would deliver pizzas. And I would come home after kids were asleep. Or I'd sometimes come home at 1 in the morning on a Saturday. And I'd have to be ready to teach at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. And sometimes I would sit in that pizza hut, maple and maize, and when you're not delivering, you're folding boxes or washing dishes. And I'd wash dishes and I'd just say, I'm going to be free. I'd fold pizza boxes and I'd say, I'm going to be free. It's what it takes. You've got to be ready to act, tack it, and never go back. I hope that you'll take these stories and testimonies, sign up for financial peace today, come to the preview class tonight. Do something. Cut up those cards today. Now, always end with an invitation. And what we've been talking about is great stuff to liberate your checkbook. But if you haven't been liberated for eternity, if you haven't been set free, man, I want to encourage you to do that. Next week, we're going to talk about receiving a legacy. Steve's going to talk about how this has changed Northside, made us who we are today. And then finally, I'm going to finish out with talking about the future, how we can create our own legacy. If you have any need this morning, please come. Together we stand and sing.